And so <clears throat> even this morning, as they were singing, I just, I, I just feel the Lord is taking us to a new place right now. And he's getting rid of our mourning. And he's getting rid of our grief in our heart. And he's getting rid of these things that we've held on to for a long time. Because it's time for his joy. Not his quick joy where you feel happy sometimes. And then it leaves. It's like a sustaining joy. When God gives you a sustaining joy inside, that's your foundation to give you strength to your body. Because the joys of the Lord is our strength. And I just started seeing this thing start to unfold. And the Lord, I mean, God, he took me through this big old shift from, I started preparing for this this past week. And the Lord shifted things this morning. And I'm good with that because I'm, I'm whatever he wants to do. <laughs> whatever he wants to share, whatever he wants to do. I'm just wherever he wants to go. In Psalm 63, 1 through 3, it says, Oh, God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you, and my whole body longs for you. In this parched and weary land where there is no water, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory, and your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. These are the things that we're coming to just bring strength. Um, Psalms 83, turn, turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine upon us. Only then will we be saved. Uh, Psalms 87, 80, verse 7, turn us again to yourself, O God of heaven's army. Make your face shine upon us. Only then will we be saved. Why does he say that part? Only then will we be saved. Because when we gleam on his face, we understand salvation because of what he did on the cross for us. And not only do we understand salvation, but then we begin to see ourselves the way he sees us, through his face. Um, he's just been showing me these things, and it's been really just such... A blessing to me. Um, in this process that I was going through, the the Lord just kept telling me, as a nation, He was like, "People can't run away from my love anymore." And I just kept seeing in the Spirit this downpour of His love. You know, remember when we had that? Because I have a lot stored up that the Lord's been talking to me about, and I'm just like, Lord. <laughs> Just grace me and, and let me flow with the Holy Spirit this morning. But remember from one day to the next, we had that downpour here in Ohio, and it was a lot. I was like, what in the world happened to the weather here? And it was just a crazy downpour that came. I remember being in the, in the, in the front here in the cafe, and I started hearing thundering. And, you know, they were singing about it this morning, about the shaking and what God's doing. And he really is downpouring so much love on his people right now, like never before. And the reason why the downpours of his love are coming is because he wants us to understand we can't run anymore. It doesn't matter where you go. And let me tell you, 
Psalms 139, 7 through 12, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise up on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on, on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, and the darkness is light to you. Even in the darkness, he doesn't see it as darkness. He sees it as light. So he's telling his people right now, the revivals are breaking out. The fire's coming. People are repenting. They're saying, God, forgive me. Why is that happening? Because of the downpour of his love right now. It's coming down so heavy that people are realizing, man, I messed up. I did this. I was living this way. If you go look at all the videos that were done with Asbury and all these different revivals breaking out, the first thing they say is, oh, I was living in sin. I had stepped out of the church. I stopped going to church. I stopped doing this. I've been living, you know, with lust. And they just start pouring out their heart of the sin they've been in. And, and it's not because somebody made them feel bad about what they did. It was a downpour in the presence in his face that showed up in that instance that fell on them. And that's what brings the transformation. It's his downpour of his love this season. It's not, oh, you're going to burn in hell. Oh, you know, biblically you're wrong. What, how you're living is wrong. It's like his love coming in the room and you trying to find a place to hide. You trying to find a place to run. And he's like, there's nowhere for you to run anymore. You're everywhere. <laughs> I try to hide in my house. God, you're showing up in my house. I try to hide in my car. God, you're showing up in my car. I try to hide in my college, right? And in the dorms, you're showing up in the college. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's showing up everywhere right now, and he's letting people know, you can't run away from my love anymore. And I, and I was just like, he, he's letting us understand in our highs and our lows that his love does not change. I shared this when I was in Texas recently, and I said, you know, when I was in a, in a religious state of a, of a church, I was told, like, I was, people right now in this very hour are scared to go to church because they feel their sin is too much. And I was like, they've misunderstood the true love of the Father. Because the true love of the Father wants you to come closer to him when you're a mess. He doesn't want you running away from him. He wants you to come closer to you. How are we with our own kids? Man, if you have a problem, let mom and dad know so we can help you. We can rescue you. We can give you some kind of relief or aid, right? That's the way we are as parents because we love our kids. And I'm thinking that's the way the Father is. He's like, you need some relief. You need some help. You're in this situation. Let me help you. But we run the other direction, and we think in our minds, God, we look horrible to him. And the Lord's like, no, you've missed it. You don't look horrible. You are beauty to me. I created you. You may have missed a couple of turns, a couple of exits. You may have gone on another path, but I still love you no matter what. 
And, as, and then he keeps showing up and showing him, this is the downpour I'm telling you about. Man, I'm not worthy. And he shows up and he blesses you. And then, and then you have another situation, and he blesses you through that. And then you start seeing his hand move on your life. And you're like, man, every time I mess up, every time I screw up, here comes your love again. Every time I'm a mess, here comes your love again. Every time I don't know what the heck I'm doing, here comes your love again. And there's this downpour that's happening in the spirit right now to let his children know it doesn't matter how messed up you are. It doesn't matter what mistakes you made. This is my love downpouring on you. And there's nowhere else for you to go anymore and he's making it difficult for his sons and daughters to run away from that very love and so (laughs) I've been on this journey with the Lord and I was just like um, you know people even believers Christians will not teach you that they won't teach you the love of the father because there's things inside their mind where they've modified scriptures to even make you feel less than and make you feel bad about your mistakes and the, the times where you've had bad days. And, and the Lord is teaching me this, this, this season. He's like, it's okay. It's okay if there's been mistakes made. Just get back on the path again. Just bring me whatever your difficult situation is. Bring it back to me. Let me help you work through it. Come back home. What did the prodigal son have to do? He had to go back home. He tried to do it on his own and he couldn't. I'm sure he was full of shame. He was full of all those things. But he had to go back home to his father. And his father was waiting there, waiting to embrace him. He even ran to him because he was excited to see his son. And that's the example of the father right now and where his heart is for his children. He's like, man, everybody's trying to run away from me, but I don't want them to run away from me. I want them to run to me. I want them to come so close to me. And I don't want them to be in shame anymore. And I don't want them to be embarrassed for their mistakes anymore. Because I'm going to come and I'm going to cover them with a downpour of my love. That that's all they're going to be able to remember is the downpour of my love. They're not going to remember their addictions anymore. They're not going to remember their sin. They're not going to remember their downfalls anymore. I'm going to come and pour so heavy on your mind and in your spirit that you're you're not going to know what to do. Have you ever had somebody just keep loving you? (laughs) They just kept loving you, and you wanted to fight with them, and you wanted to argue with them, and they just kept loving you through that process of you getting over some things. And you're like, man, I want to fight. I want to argue. And they're like, I'm just going to keep loving you. I'm just going to keep loving you. And, and, and you're working through some things inside of you. You're working through You're going through a process within yourself. The battle's not even with the other person. It's within yourself. And the Lord's like, okay, in this process, let me go ahead and, 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 and let me show you what a father's love really looks like. And I was asking the Lord about this one day this past week. I heard the birds singing so loudly outside my window. It was a lot of birds all at one time singing really, really loud. And I asked the Lord, I woke up because it woke me up. 
And I knew it was the Lord because I haven't heard birds in a long time because it's been winter. It's been snowing. When it's snowing and it's cold, the birds aren't out like the way that they normally are. And I, and I remember I got up and I, and, I, and I said, are those birds? I said, God, they're so loud that they woke me up. We're talking about that awakening this morning. They were so loud, they woke me up. And I was like, God, I know this was you, but I don't quite understand what you're trying to say. And he was like, he's like, so this morning he gave me the revelation of what he was saying. And it goes along with even what Apostle Pete was sharing too. And uh, Zephaniah was a prophet. And when he spoke, he spoke as a prophet. He spoke hearing the heart of the Father. He spoke hearing the heart of God. And I was just like, Zephaniah 3.17, For the Lord your God is living, is living among you. He's a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. And with his love, he will calm all your fears. Um, <clears throat> Zephaniah and this time, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take delight in you. He will quiet you in, with his love. This is another way it said. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. That's what the Lord's doing right now. He's singing over his kids. And then it even gets deeper because it, it also means he rejoices over you with a shout of joy. So it's not like he's, like, calm about it. He's, like, singing over you with a shout of joy. He's excited to celebrate us. He's excited for his children to understand his love. And I was like, I was like, you know, and I want to go back and I, and I want to read the whole thing because this time when Zephaniah was talking, it was, the, it was the end of the judgment that was upon Israel at this time. And all of their enemies had been destroyed. And then Israel's entering a time of safety, of blessing. <laughs> We're entering a time of blessing right now. When I woke up that morning and I heard the birds, I felt the Lord's favor come in the room. And I was asking the Lord, I said, God, what is this favor? This, that, this is what this is. There's a shift. And then, then it goes, why, why did the shift come in? Because it, it was according to the future that God was transitioning to them to. To the millennial kingdom for the Messiah Jesus could come in to Jerusalem. He was preparing already the bride. I want to go read... Um, the whole chapter, because I want you to see how he speaks. I want you to see the transition. I'm going to pull it up real quick. I don't know if I saved it on my phone or where I saved it, because I was everywhere this morning. I was like, Lord, help me. He was just taking me to different things and revealing different things. So just give me a moment. But even when Peter was up here singing and the worship team was up here singing, I, rem I, rem I saw in the spirit when he started singing about the sound. And I was like, man, Lord. I said, that sound that's coming forth is the sound of victory. 
It's the sound of the celebration that's happening in the body of Christ right now. Have, have you logged on to hear some of the revivals happening? They're loud. Like, they're joyful. They're loud. It's like people are having a party. I was like, <laughs> that was such a blessing just to hear. And I was like, wow, it is time, Lord. It is time that we celebrate even what our ancestors did for us before we even came, that they paved a way for us. Let's read in Zephaniah because I want to take you through the process. Jerusalem was in rebellion, and then a redemption came. As a nation, there's been some rebellion. There has been. I, I mean, even in, in ourselves, we've been rebellious. <laughs> Even as believers, you can be rebellious, not being obedient to do what God says. Let's just be transparent. Let's just be honest. I'll throw myself out there. But, you know, it brings you freedom and breakthrough when you're honest with yourself. But ver let's, let's read chapter 3. What sorrow waits rebellious, polluted Jerusalem, the city of violence and crime? No one can tell it anything. It refuses all correction. It does not trust in the Lord. The refusing all correction, man, I've seen it over and over again. As soon as accountability and correction comes to the sons and daughters of the Lord, boom, they're out of here. It's like, nope, I don't want to hear that. I'm great. I'm fine. I don't want correction. I'm gone. Offense comes in. This is what's been happening. It is not trust in the Lord or draw near to its God. Its leaders are like roaring lions hunting for their victims. Its judges are like ravious wolves at every evening time who by dawn have left no trace of their prey. Its prophets are arrogant liars seeking their own gain. How many have we how much of that have we seen, right? For their own gain. Its priests defile the temple by disobeying God's instructions. This is the rebellious part when you don't listen to do what God says to do. But the Lord is still there in the city. And he does no wrong. Day by day, he hands down justice, and he does not fail. But the wicked know no shame. I have wiped out many nations, devastating their fortress walls and towers. Their streets are now deserted. Their cities lie in silent ruin. There are no survivors, none at all. I thought, surely they will have reverence for me now. See, he keeps trying to speak to, the, to them at that time. He's like, I've done all this stuff for them, and they still haven't learned. I thought surely they would have reverence for me now. Surely they will listen to my warnings. Then I won't need to strike again, destroying their homes. But no, they get up early to continue their, their evil deeds. Therefore, be patient, says the Lord. Soon I will stand and accuse these evil nations, for I have decided to gather the kingdoms of the earth and pour out my fiercest anger and fury on them. All the earth will be devoured by the fire of my jealousy. Then I will purify the speech of all people so that everyone can worship the Lord together. What's happening right now? Everybody is worshiping together. My scattered people who live beyond the rivers of Ethiopia will come to present their offerings. And on that day, you will no longer need to be ashamed, for you will no longer be rebels against me. I will remove all proud and arrogant people from among you. 
There will be no more haughtiness on my holy mountain. Those who are left will be the lowly and humble. This is what the Lord is telling us. I don't care how gifted you are, how much revelation you get. The haughtiness is going to be gone. And the lowly and the humble, this is what he has for us. That's why we have to stay in humility and stay humble. For it is they who trust in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel will do no wrong. The remnant of this generation I heard remnant like 10 times when I was in Texas. I was like, man, I've been hearing about remnant for like 15 years, 20 years, maybe longer, about the remnant God was putting together. It's now. The remnant of this generation, I put that in there, will do no wrong. They will never tell lies or deceive one another. They will eat and sleep in safety, and no one will make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion. This is like God's love right here. (laughs) Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will dispense the armies of your enemy. And the Lord himself, the king of Israel, will live amongst you. At last, your troubles will be over. Let's say this again. We could do like a little dance with this. Your troubles will be over. (laughs) Who wants the troubles to be over? And you will never again fear disaster. What's happening around the world? Disasters. Supernatural disaster. You'll never fear another disaster. And on that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living amongst you. He's a mighty Savior. Mighty, 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 mighty warrior, right? (laughs) He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with a joyful song. Here comes the good part. (laughs) I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals. You will be disgraced no more. I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and the helpless ones, and I will bring together those who were chased away. Oh, that that spoke so much to me. To me, when I read that part, those that have been chased away, the enemy chased them away. And they were supposed to be in certain places at certain times. And they chose to run because the enemy showed up and robbed them. And I saw that and I was like, restoration, Jesus. That's what we're praying for. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles. Wherever they have been mocked and shamed, On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. What were we talking about earlier? Coming home. That's his whole heart. Like, come home. You're a mess. Come home. You have addictions. Come home. You're struggling. Come home again. Just come home. Don't be in your mind all the time. Oh, what is he going to think about me? Oh, how is the Lord going to perceive me? How is he going to see me? No, just come home. Just come home. I will give you a good name 
This is the labels, right? People label you with different things. And then he tells you right there, let me label you. Let me give you a good name. Not a name of man that man will give us, but a name that he will give us. A name of distinction amongst all the nations of the earth as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes. Anybody's lost out on some fortunes, right? You know, he's going to restore all of that. This is the time that we're in right now. I, the Lord, have spoken. That's his boom stamp right there. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is him talking to us in this very hour. And he's like, come on. Why wouldn't you have anything to celebrate? Come home. Let's celebrate. Let's have a party. That's what he did for the prodigal son. He's like, come home. Let's have a big old feast. Kill the fatted calf. Let's, let's celebrate. That's where we're at right now. Where it's time to celebrate those that are even lost. And, and, I, and a big key that right now is the worship and the praise. To worship and to praise him is important. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you've, you've been saved through faith. And this is not for you. It's a gift of God. It's not from works. So no one may boast. You know, let's just cut off the works thing. For we are his handy work. Created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance that we should live in them. Everybody knows John 3, 16. Because he gave his son, right? <laughs> he gave everything to us. Not just bits and pieces. He gave everything to us. Have you ever given, have you ever been in a place in your life where you gave everything to somebody and then you ended up getting hurt after that. And you were like, man, I gave that relationship everything. I gave those people in my life everything. I gave them all that I had. And then it ended up going sour or going wrong, right? And you're like, man, I served. I did everything I was supposed to do. And the Lord's like, it's okay. It's okay if you gave everything. I'm giving you everything now. And, and we got to get to a place of forgiveness and, and seeing the situation shift and be different because God is coming in and it's different now. John 4, 23, but the hour is coming and it's now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Why is the move coming, and why is it coming the way that it's coming? It's coming through worship. Nobody's preaching. Nobody's make, preaching and telling people what they've done wrong, what they need to do. They don't need a play-by-play -play book. They need Holy Spirit in the presence. Seek my face. Get in my presence, that when my presence comes over you, my downpour of my love, that's when the worship is going to begin to create that. And it's going to create, that very thing is going to be the one that creates the pockets of the fire. Yeah. It's not something we do. Psalms 156. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When I read that, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, it's everything. 
Everything praises him. It's just like that scripture that says, I will not let the rocks cry out more than, than me. We've got to be the cry out ones. Psalms 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. It's like you're singing to God in worship, and then he's singing back over you. And it's like this intimacy that's coming between us and the Father, and you're singing to one another, and it just creates this, this uh, tangible joy that walks in the room when you're singing to one another. I, I remember it was Apostle Peter who it was this morning, but they were like, they, oh, okay, about the well, spring up a well. Sing to the well. The well is inside of us first. Then we see the manifestation of the well coming out of us and manifesting here in the natural that brings things with it. Because when the wells begin to open up, we're partakers in those wells opening up. It's not just God and himself making it happen. It's God that has that well of the living waters inside of us that busts, it busts forth out of us. And then we create a river with all our living waters together in worship. And then, boom, these wells come opened up. And then when the wells open up, that's when people walk in the door and they become a mess with Jesus because they feel something tangible in their spirit and in the natural that they've never felt before. So if you think God's not going to use you, yeah, he's going to use you. It may not be the way that you think he's going to use you, but he wants to use all of us. He wants to position us and he wants us to be used by him for his glory. On my uh, first trip to Texas, I got this word from the Lord when I was in Texas. And I wrote an article on it. And they ended up posting it on Elijah List. And, um, and it was just, I we were driving one day. And I looked up and I just saw in the spirit, I saw honey houses and I was like honey houses Lord what is honey houses and I started to look inside sanctuaries and inside the churches and I started seeing this thick dripping honey inside the buildings and it spoke volumes to me because we've had enough religion already that religion doesn't do good to your heart. It actually taints your heart in bitterness in areas, and it makes you feel bad about yourself. And then I saw these honey houses, and I began to see, I want to tell you exactly what I saw because I have it here. It was the drippings of, of rich honey dripping inside the houses of the Lord. The sweetness of the Lord was coming again. I began to see things that were once hard began to melt away and hearts that had been hardened began to get soft again. But as they got soft, the people began to feel and see the sweetness of the Lord. This past weekend, we, I was in Texas and I could smell the sweetness of the Lord. It was tangible. It was in the atmosphere because the Lord was coming in to bring healing. 
And I believe right now in this hour, we're going to start to smell. We're going to start to see the sweetness of the Lord coming over his children again. And, and then as soon as that honey hit them, it, it, it began to pull the scales off their eyes with the honey. And those scales began to come off. It was like Pastor Judy was sharing this morning. I just saw the, it, it, the rent the heavens. The rent the heavens is coming to pull the scales off his kids because it's time. And as they began to see, once the vision was restored, the hearts of the bride, it, brought, it caught up with the sweetness of the Lord. It was like things were being restored in their hearts. Things were being restored in the natural because of the sweetness of the Lord that they carry. You know, the sweetness that is in the atmosphere when the Lord walks in, it's a fragrance that he gives. And I don't know how many in here have experienced that, but it's very tangible. It's a smell that when you smell it, you want to know where it's coming from. Because all you do is want more of it. <laughs> all you do is you want to like, you want to like bathe in that. Like, you want to get on the floor and just bathe in the fragrance of God at that moment. I'm just being honest. And you want to smell like him. And it's better than any cologne or perfume you could ever purchase. It's like, it smells like purity. It smells like clean, purified. It smells like the best way, almost like cotton mixed in with there. Like, it just smells fresh. Like, when you pull fresh laundry out, and you're like, oh, my God, it smells so good. That's the way the fragrance of the Lord smells, way better than that. That's just me giving you some little descriptions of just a little bit of what to describe it with. But as I began to see that this, the vision was getting restored and the sweetness came, there was this freedom that came into the legs and I started seeing the horses, lots and lots of horses running. And I saw their legs get strengthened them. And I saw as soon as their vision got restored, the strength came with it. And I was like, Lord, you are bringing your restored vision. And this is what I believe uh, Peter was singing about it this morning about the vision about the Lord giving some vision. And he, he said something. I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. The Lord will remind me later. But there's a rest restoration happening. Not only in the natural, but in deep places inside of us. There's stuff that's being restored inside of us in this hour. And, and he's pulling out the roots because he's bringing restoration to us. To go back to our first love. Our first love is the Lord. And some of us have lost our first love through a religious mindset. And the Lord says, I want you to remember. Oh, man, it broke me. when That last song they sang, take me back to that first time when I met you. Oh, my God. Think about that. The first time you met the Lord. Something inside of you opened up. It, it woke up. I was thinking about Lazarus this morning. And Jesus went up to Lazarus and he, he wept and he cried. 
because his friend was dead. And he came up to, they were talking about the, the bones rattling. And all of a sudden, I saw in the spirit, because of the love that he had for Lazarus, that love itself came and woke up the dead bones again. And I began to see the bones begin to spin up in the air again because it was awakened love that came over Lazarus in that hour because Jesus began to pour in tears and weeping over his friend that was dead. And I believe the Lord is doing that in this hour. He's coming to his friends and he's weeping over them and he's crying over them and he's saying, Man, awaken love again inside of them. Awaken that love that wakes them up, that they begin to love the way that I love, that they begin to see the way that I see, that they can't run from me anymore. They can't run away from my love anymore. I'm doing a downpour of love in this hour so heavy that it's going to be a flood. We're talking about open the floodgates. That's what the floodgates look like when there's so much of a downpour of his love there's no running away from it no more it just keeps coming and coming and you're like man I can't even walk anywhere without getting wet without getting in that river without being touched by him because everywhere I go he's there where can I go Lord where you're not at he's gonna be wherever you go oh shit that brush thing The horses represent ministries. We all have a ministry inside of us. Why does he want to awaken love? Because he wants you to fulfill your purpose here on the earth. And he will be glorified for it. Many of you haven't even touched the tip of what you're called to do. He's like, you haven't even seen anything. You think that the things you've seen are all of it? No way. <laughs> it's not even close to all of it. There's more that he's bringing, and it's going to be beautiful. Proverbs 24, 13. Eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Psalms 81, 16. But he would fill you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. We've been looking for satisfaction from so many other things and not coming to him. And now we're in a place where we can't run and we can't go to other things anymore. They're not going to satisfy us. Only he will satisfy us with that fresh wheat. What, to me, when I think about wheat, I, I think about the fresh manna. That supernaturally he feeds us at times. That fresh bread that he feeds us sometimes. And then he comes with honey. They were talking about the scrolls this morning. And all I kept seeing in the spirit was the Lord getting the scrolls from heaven, from heaven, dipping them in the honey, and then feeding them to his kids. I just kept seeing scrolls and scrolls coming from heaven. And then he was getting them and he was dipping them in honey. And he's like, he's like yes, yes, this is an assignment. But in your assignment, it's going to taste good. 
It doesn't have to taste bitter. It doesn't have to taste raw. It doesn't have to be a works mentality anymore. It's like I'm going to give you this scroll, deep, dip it in honey, where you understand the sweetness of who I am. And while you're doing your, your assignments, for me, it's going to be fun and exciting and celebrating, and it's going to taste good. And, and, and the Lord's been talking to me for a long time, even for the prophets. He's like, we got to begin to eat the scrolls first ourselves before we disperse them to others. Why does he want us to eat the scrolls first? Because we're just like everybody else. We need the scrolls just as much as anybody else does. So I want to eat the scrolls first and taste it and devour it and, and take my time eating it so I understand the fullness of the prophetic words that he's giving us in our mouth this hour that when it finally gets released it's going to be dipped in honey and it's going to taste good to the body of Christ none of this nasty disastrous <laughs> words from hell is what I call them I was like what in the world I was like can we get some honey in there somewhere Jesus <laughs> Deuteronomy 32:13 He made me ride on the high places of the land and he ate the produce of the field and he suckled him with honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock We got to get consumed with this Proverbs 24, 13 through 14. Eat honey, my son, for it's good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there's a future hope for you. And your hope will not be cut off. That's how vital it is for us to taste and see the sweetness of the Lord. That it can't be cut off. And that there's wisdom in eating the honey. It was so funny. I don't have it in my notes, but I do want to share this. I was reading in 1 Samuel one day about Jonathan. His dad was Saul. They had just been a war. They had just taken over land. And you can go read it on your own. But I just want to give you a little nugget of it. I might share it another time. But his dad had just given the announcement, I don't want nobody eating anything. We're fasting, Right? Jonathan doesn't get word of the fasting. <laughs> Who did Jonathan hang around with? With David. David was the new generation. It was a new breed arising. David was the upcoming king. So if Jonathan was around David, you are what you're around, right? <laughs> We've always been told that as kids, oh, don't hang around that kid because you'll become just like them. You'll get into all the mess with them. It's the same way with the good stuff, too. Jonathan was hanging out with David. It was his friend. David had a kingdom mindset. He had spent his time. What did David do? He spent time in worship all the days of his life. His whole ministry was birthed out of worship. He'd be out there taking care of his dad's flock in worship. And then I was like, I was like, think about this. And then there's a part in there. And I'll get you the scriptures. I'll put them on the, I'll post them on the app or something later. But then Jonathan walks on the new land that they had just conquered. And he gets his staff out and he dips it into the rock. And out of the rock came the honey. And he puts it to his mouth. 
and eats it. And he was like, he, it was so, it, 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 it did something so powerful to him that he stepped back. If you go read it, in there, he stepped back and was wowed. Like, what was that? Because they, they had never tasted that. And then he tells the person, I, I, I don't remember who it was. I'll go back. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to send it out to you guys so y'all can read it. But he goes back. He tells the person that's walking with him in this new land. They're walking in the forest, right? And he says, man, get the warriors together. They should all be eating this. They'll give them strength. It'll give them sustenance so that way they can keep in the war. And then somebody else comes along and says, hey, your father said we're not supposed to be eating anything. We've been fasting. What is wrong with you? You just ate something. You ate the honey. They See, they were still in the old mindset. They were still in the law. And here comes David, the new king that's supposed to reign, and he's Jonathan's friend. And, of course, what he's seeing in the spirit, I'm sure he's been, him and Jonathan been hanging out. He's been an influence in Jonathan's life. There was a representation of the new breed. And then Jonathan comes, and Jonathan's like, I had no clue that my father had made that announcement. I'm not trying to, defy, you know, not do what my dad said. I just never got wind of it. I'm out here looking at the land that was just conquered. <laughs> no word got to me. And the guy says, well, he's saying he's going to kill whoever eats. Whoever eats and we're supposed to be fasting, they're going to die. Of course, Jonathan doesn't die. We find out later in the scriptures he doesn't go anywhere. But I, I believe that was just such an example from the old mindset, the old way of thinking, and what we knew how to do back then to the new that was uprising and coming forth to eat that honey. It was like, eat the honey. It's going to sustain you. It's going to give the warriors strength. We need to eat the honey for the warriors need to eat the honey right now. It's going to give us strength. We got to taste the goodness of God because if all we taste is bitterness and all we see is disaster and our view, our process of our own life is always chaos and a mess, we're never, ever going to achieve the things that he has for us because our lenses have to shift and move into a different direction this, this season. He's like, see my goodness in everything. I can be like, man, this wasn't the color I liked. And I can complain, man, I hate this color. I really wish it was a red bottle, not a blue bottle. You see what I'm saying? Or I could say, man, there's refreshing waters in here that are going to give me, feed my thirst. And I'll take the water. Who cares about the bottle? Who cares how it came? You know, we even complain about our blessings sometimes because they didn't come the way that we thought they were going to come. And it's like, well, you know, I wanted the blessing, God, but I didn't want it from that person. Not that person. You know, I just have a hard time receiving from them. I heard Bill Johnson say that one time, this lady who gave him havoc at the church, and she had a prophetic word for him. And he was like, man, Lord, this is a hard one to, to chew. This is a hard one to chew, God. And he was just being transparent. And he was just like, and the Lord spoke to him through the spirit. He says, you need to take heed to that word because she's speaking on my behalf. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's not going to come in the vessel you wanted to come in. It's not going to come the way that you want it to come. And he had to take heed. It was, a, it was a great word for him in that very hour that he needed to hear. And, and he heard from the spirit, not from his own thoughts, 
not from his own processing of his mind, but from his spirit. He had to take heed what the Holy Spirit was telling him to do at that very moment because it didn't come the way packaged the way that he wanted it to come. It didn't mean it wasn't God. So discernment. Discern Holy Spirit. Discern when the Lord is talking to you because he'll use even the donkey to speak to people. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine being there that day, right? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> That's how God's talking to us this very hour. He's not talking to you the same way he did last season. He's trying to talk to you in a new way. And you have to be awakened in love to see everything through the lenses of love this season. That you don't miss those moments with the Lord where he's trying to speak to you. Sometimes you have to, you have to bucker down and reposition yourself. You have to talk to yourself like David did. And say, man, help me process this through love, Lord. Don't let me process it through being hurt, through being offended, through being any of that. Let me process this through love. If I process it through love, then the outcome will be different than if I process with my offense or my hurt or past situations I've been in that I don't understand that understanding will come in love. He pours out his understanding through his love. So let's just stand up this morning. Isn't God so good? <laughs> Who wouldn't want to celebrate the goodness of God? Even when we think he's not good, he's good. You know, and I lost my friend, but a few days after that, the Lord came and spoke to me and brought peace to my heart, even in that. I don't want to leave it like, oh, I'm, I'm a mess because I lost my friend. I, ha I had to see it through the eyes of, the lo of love because he loved her, and she was with him now. And I couldn't be selfish to want to keep her here with me because there was things she needed to do with him. And so understanding walked in my room at night through a dream, and I woke up that morning and I had peace. And that's why we have to see things through the eyes of love because if we don't, we will misunderstand the very things that God's talking to us about in this hour. So, God, I pray this morning, Lord. Help us just to be with you, Lord. Help us, Lord, transform our hearts this morning, God, to understand love again, Lord. Love in such a deep way, Lord, that we can't run anywhere where you're not at, Lord. That you're doing such a downpour of your love in this hour, Lord, that whether we turn left or right or move forward or go backwards, Lord, you're there every part. You're there every part. Even when we're stubborn and we want to go backwards, you're there too, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would let your honey come in this place, that this place would be a honey house, Lord. <laughs> The drippings of your honey would be in this place, Lord. And when people walk in, all they're going to feel is your love, your joy, and your sweet presence when they walk in this place, Lord. 
and things are going to begin to fall off of them. The scales are going to fall off the eyes this morning. Even when others walk in, Lord, the, the, the walls they've held up in their heart are going to begin to break and come down, Lord. The way that they've seen things before in religion, God, is going to begin to break, like Pastor Judy was saying, renting the heavens over them, God. That they begin to see heaven, Lord, and nothing but heaven, God. Because there's a, a generation crying out for their breakthrough in this hour, Lord. And all they need is your presence and a touch right from you, Lord. It's the very thing that transformed me, Lord, was the touch straight from your hand, Lord. Let them come home again, Lord. Let them come home to experience love and not experience religion anymore. But just to be under a downpour of that love, Lord. Let the waterfalls, the rivers turn into waterfalls that when they walk in this place or even our homes, God, that they will be so downpoured with your love, God, that all they want to do is just gurgitate that deception, gurgitate the lies the enemy has told them, Lord. Because they don't have to be confused or lost anymore, God. You're calling them home again, Lord. But this time the calling is coming through love, Lord. And we thank you for every person in here and even those that are watching, Lord. That even through the cameras this afternoon, if they're struggling, if they've been running, God, let your love go penetrate their heart this morning, God. Let them know that in their lows and their highs, you still love them the same. Nothing will ever separate you and them from your love, God. It is a constant thing that never, ever changes, ever. And we just pray, Lord, that they would feel your presence this afternoon. Oh, let them feel your presence of love, Lord. Let the waters begin to move in their bellies again. Those living waters, Lord, let the living waters begin to move in us again, God. <laughs> that the wilderness is gone, Jesus. <laughs> the dry paces, as we were singing this morning, are going to be saturated with your downpour, Lord. Just like in the natural, we had a downpour of rain, God. We're going to have a downpour of your love this season, Lord. And it's bringing restoration and healing, Lord. It's putting things back in order the way they're supposed to be, Lord. Through your loving and kindness, Lord. You're repositioning people. You're bringing people back to where they were chased away from, Lord. Because the enemy chased them away, God. You're bringing restoration to them even in those areas where the enemy chased them away. And you're bringing restoration to them that they can't be chased away anymore, Lord. And you're bringing them back to your kingdom, Lord. In wholeness and in fullness, God. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.